Today's podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Hop on over to paypal.com, look up joelbnew at gmail.com, and help something new afford things like hiring an accompanist, booking studio time, an upgrade in recording equipment, and more. Any and all contributions go toward these production costs and are supremely appreciated. Thank you. Also, brand new to this season of Something New, we have premium subscriptions. As always, every episode of Something New comes to you for free via iTunes, Stitcher, etc. But if you give a little extra something, you get a little extra something. Uh, There are three different tiers to the premium subscription. For the gold subscription, you'll receive digital sheet music of all 15 songs that premiere this season in their original keys. And that's only $22.50, which comes to about $1.50 a song. Or exactly $1.50 a song. Platinum subscriptions... For $45 or $3 a song, you'll receive the digital sheet music plus an MP3 piano track for each song, so you can release your rendition of that song out into the world. And for Diamond subscriptions, which are $75 or just $5 a song, you'll receive all of that plus a one-time transposition of each song plus audition arrangements. This, in my humble opinion, is a perfect investment for voice teachers, burgeoning musical theater writers, and Broadway musical nerds such as myself. It is the holiday season, and uh, why not make it a holiday gift? Okay, awesome. And now to the show! Welcome and thank you for joining Season 3, Episode 3 of Something New, a musical theater podcast. I'm your host, Joel B. New. I'm coming to you today via Skype with an exceedingly talented and new friend of mine on the line. We're going to chat a bit and then record a song from one of my latest projects, which will premiere right here for your listening pleasure. Today's guest artist's favorite theatrical credits include Disney's A Little Mermaid as Scuttle at North Shore, Billy Elliot, uh, the Tony Understudy for the National Tour, the Superfly Broadway Workshop as Ralphie, A Christmas Carol as Marley at North Shore, on the Town as Chip at the Lucille Lortel, Ragtime as Houdini at Milwaukee Rep, White Christmas as Phil at Virginia Rep, Les Mis as... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce this word. What's that character's name? Fouillet. <laughs> uh, Fouillet uh, in Les Mis. No, Fouillet. 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 Oh, I'm, I'm going to get butchered on that one. I should know. <laughs> well, well... well Excellent. Well, he was in Les Mis at PCLA, at PCLO, and uh, he's also been on the television series Forever on ABC. In addition to performing, he is also a health coach, wellness advocate, and runs the site freddysetgo.com, giving you weekly doses of inspiration, healthy tips, and food recipes. He is a proud cancer survivor. Obviously, I'm talking about Freddie Kimmel. Freddie Kimmel, thanks for being on my show. Thank you so much. That was quite a, quite a list there. I love, um, yeah, I know, um, it's kind of been a trend, people aren't used to hearing their bios read back to them. <laughs> I know, it's like, that's odd. No, it's awesome. Yeah, no, it is, it's cool, it's cool, it's neat, you're like, oh, there, there you go, that's what you've done the last yeah. 10 a, years. A lot, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, um, let's just, a lot. <laughs> well, let's just dig in, um, I was, um, as, um, I actually don't know Freddie, this is actually our very first conversation, which is why I'm doubly excited. But um, I was brought, uh, you were brought to my attention by Sherry Sanders, who yes. I just love. Yes, she's amazing. Yeah. How did you? Amazing you, woman. Absolutely. She was on my show last season. 
And uh, how how do you know Sherry? Well, we we um we used to take class together um back in the day, and then we've both um been working for Transcendence Theater Company the last two summers. So we, you know, we we actually haven't worked together there, but we've um I would say everybody who works there is in the same energetic um positive alignment so you tend to keep in touch with those people mm-hmm. that are in your life anyway that's what's happened to me so do you also know rachel louise thomas i do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's uh we went to undergrad together at ocu oh she's amazing she's yeah. such like a little positive bubble of light yeah i know yeah one of my favorite people on the planet <laughs> awesome so, yeah, you, she's you, wonderful. so you run with great people so that speaks well of you mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's talk um i want to go i want to go way back um so your your website calls you in, in your about page. Your website calls you a farm boy. So I'm very curious where like where did you come from and how musical theater found you? Uh yeah. So I grew up in upstate New York in a little town called Holly. Okay. And I I grew up on I very much grew up on on a farm. Um, that my family we basically did western rodeo as as like a sport for fun it's like leisure so we did like barrel racing and and you know team roping and we had horses and cows and that was our that was our recreational weekend activity that's crazy so, i saw that on your on your it resume is, it is crazy i know <laughs> i know it is like a different it is like a different life that's that's all i can explain it um probably couldn't be more different from what i do now yeah so how did how did you get the bug, as it were? Singing, I, I I remember I have this one really great story. My my brother, who's a year younger than me, year and a half younger than me, was involved in the court, high school chorus, okay. um, not even like grade school chorus. And I remember going to the concert with my family, and I remember my my parents watching my brother. And we were, you know, all there as family watching this concert. And what a cool event it was and how amazing it was. And, you know, there was such love and praise. And I remember wanting to be a part of that. And I specifically remember coming home from this concert in the backseat. And I was like, I want, I'm going to do that too. And somebody said, okay, wow. you can't sing. <laughs> or it was, it was something like that, that like, I was like, well, I'm going to do it. So... Yeah, so I joined I joined chorus as many of us do in high school. You uh-huh. know, it's a fun, and I was like a very, very, very social person. Yeah, um, I did good in school, but I was I I would say I excelled at being social. I just I like people. I liked you know I like the um, the community that that chorus and theater created, and uh, eventually you know I. I I did a show in, in high school and I just, I loved it. I had this great teacher in high school, Dan Burke, who ran our musicals and was just, you know, still to this day, he's just, um, just a game changer as far as what it meant to the kids and, you know, teaching everybody the craft and putting up really good quality shows, involving everyone, really keeping it interesting and fun. And yeah, he was just kind of, you know, he was, he was like my guy that that inspired me into it and really got me hooked on it. I'm curious uh, when when you were on that car ride back from the choir concert and someone said that you couldn't do that. Did that? I mean, 
when you hear no, does that does that excite you in a way? Does that does that push you to to do to do it more? Yeah, I think I I if that's possible. <laughs> that's possible. Okay. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think about that. It's an interesting question because sometimes you hear yourself tell a story and you're like, oh, what was what was happening there? Was I like, you know, was I looking for you know love or admiration from my parents or was it a challenge for me, like, as a, as a young boy? Who knows? It's probably a combination. Um, probably a little combination of both. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny sometimes what leads you through a door mm-hmm. or what leads you onto a path. But then, you know, once you get there, you make the choice to stay because you really like something or it speaks to you. You know, you're, ho- you're hopefully not following that initial um, motivation. It's hopefully evolved. X amount of years later, here we are. Yeah. And where did you go to college? I went to college. I went to a bunch of places. I went to um, SUNY Fredonia for a year. Okay. Um, and then I went to, I finished um, school at SUNY Brockport. Great. And then I had, like, I had, I had some voice teachers that, from Eastman School of Music, whatnot, while I was in um, school at Brockport, because, um, yeah. I, I found that resource. So I had, I had, um, you know, schooling all over, all over up, upstate New York. And, and I went to school and, you know, as a history major for a while, I thought maybe I wanted to be a history teacher. Really? You know, I eventually, yeah, I eventually, you know, I, I was, I think I was like one class away from a double major and, and, um, and I still, I, I ended up getting a degree in, um, in acting, but I still didn't, know what the hell I was going to do with my life at the end of school. I, I, I really, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was just enjoying college and enjoying life and uh-huh. not really thinking long-term. And I ended up getting a job at the New London Barn Playhouse in New Hampshire, which is a very famous summer stock theater. Many, yeah. many people have worked there in New York. Um, Matt Cavanaugh and yeah. Kay Diggs and, you know, it's it's one of those theaters where you go and you you build the sets and you do the shows and you sleep in a basement and it's it's like the best summer of your life. <laughs> so that when when I got there and was I was all these other kids from the that had got to book this job were you know they went to NYU and Catholic University of America and Michigan and all these amazing theater programs. So, yeah, yeah, all the top tiers. Yeah, I was like, oh well, maybe they're all going to New York to make money at this. Maybe I'll do that too. But until that happened, until I got that job, I had no idea what I was going to do really. You know, I, I, I loved, um, I love going to school where I go to school, but I wouldn't say that it was a program that necessarily geared you towards being a professional. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have headshots, didn't have a resume, really didn't know a lot about audition etiquette or finding an agent or, you know, the union, any of these, these are all, this is, you know, dance class. Right. <laughs> these are all things. I, I had one dance teacher in college, but these are all things that, you know, happened after the, happened once I got to New York. I feel like that's a very common um, story that I hear. Like most of my actor friends, the, like those, those big bullet points of what is so important on how to survive and thrive as an actor in New York you you do seem to learn the majority of those after the fact of college. Yeah, and, and that would be a great thing to include in a curriculum somewhere. I agree. So if any colleges yeah. are listening, 
I'm talking to a couple now. I may I may be go I may be going to speak at a couple of colleges in the in the spring. Oh, terrific! Is, again, it's yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do, and I, yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, and I you know I really I get inspired I inspired by people. I love people. I love talking to people. Always feel like a, a I'm happier. I always feel like I'm in a better place, and I'm you know just really like connecting with someone and listening to what they have to say and seeing where they're at in their journey. Yeah. Cause we're all, we're all the heroes of our own individual ever unfolding story. So you're just meeting this other hero. You're like, where are you at? Wow. That's fascinating. <laughs> you know, and you, you just have to, you have to realize that we're all, you know, all on our own path. Absolutely. And so getting yeah. back, back to your journey, um, I'm always really curious how people's art is affected by these enormous life moments that are, are thrown at us and may or may not throw us off course or redirect our course. Uh, so I'm really, um, I find myself, I'm, I'm scared to say the word cancer. Is that something that you're, com- you're, you're used to people being scared to, to talk about? I mean, I know you're very brave about it, but I'm just. Cancer, 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 cancer. <laughs> it is not so scary. <laughs> so um uh, well thank you yeah, for that. that's that fine makes... to talk that's fine to talk about no no, no i i assumed it was i mean it's um it's beautifully in every bio that i've found on you that you, you were this proud cancer survivor and i'm i, I find mm. your story beautiful and so um so i'm curious what was your career path looking like before you were diagnosed with cancer and did it change mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. uh profoundly changed uh let's see so i guess you know, like yeah. i said i i didn't i didn't i didn't really i i found when i got to the to the city as a singer mm-hmm. as a singer that i found when i got to the city as a singer that it was expected of you that you have some level of dance training <laughs> okay yeah so so and, and i and i didn't have that so i i felt like you know, as a young, impressionable, um, you know, performer that I was, that beat me down a little bit, that I would sing and get called back and then I would be asked to dance. And I just, when I say I sucked, I just sucked so bad. I mean, I couldn't do, I couldn't do, you know, a box step really and without making it look horribly unhuman. That... You know, I had no idea of, of movement or just, I just didn't know how to use my body in that way, really. Um, and so I, I really, I really jumped into, I did an internship at Broadway Dance Center and I just took like, I just took like seven classes a week for like three years. Wow. I just stayed, I lived in dance class and then I found this wonderful teacher, Stephen Harding, um, who really, really like, you know, took me to the next level, you know, really made me understand what it was like to be connected with your body, connected to the music you know, and really express yourself in dance, not just recreating steps. So I, you know, I, I found that. And then once I really got, that was like, you know, I was like 23, 24, 25. Once I started to do that, I started to, to really book some great gigs and, and start to work all over, um, you know, a lot of ensemble stuff that you do when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, going all over the country and, um, you know, Westchester Broadway theater and 
and Gateway Music Theater and Theater Under the Stars in Houston and Arkansas Repertory, um, all, you know, all these places. And I just kind of, you know, it's kind of just getting this ball rolling, starting to get better and better and better jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm starting to get close to like a Broadway, getting called back for some Broadway gigs and, you know, getting excited about that. And uh, and then I had booked my first production contract. I booked Carousel at the Kennedy Center. Wow, that's huge. And it was yeah, cool gig. Yeah. You know, and I and I do I do circus stuff too. So I was doing stilts and juggling and and singing and and it was you know I was really proud of myself. It was a really hard dance call. I remember being so stoked that I was like, yeah. <laughs> It was a there was a double pirouette in that combination. What <laughs> I did that. So so and then you know I'm what else? I was doing Full Monty at the time at right. Westchester. I was playing Kino and that. So I was in I was in um, you know really good shape. And then and then I got I got I got sick. I found a you know I found a, a tumor on my on my testicle and. I initially, you know, I didn't, I didn't um, go right to the doctor. I, I went and saw a doctor and, you know, this doctor told me not to worry too much that cancer doesn't hurt. So my, my 26 year old brain was like, all right, well, I can put that on the back shelf for a couple months. <laughs> so I did. And then one day I couldn't stand up. I was in so much pain. I was just, you know, buckled over and, and went to the emergency room and, and, you know, that's pretty much that that really got the ball rolling with that. And I, I, I had to go home. I went home to Rochester. I was very, very sick. Um, I was in a lot of pain. So there was, you know, we had to do some pretty aggressive stuff right away and just jumped right into treatment. You know, the one thing I always I always say about about that experience is is that it really takes for me, it took the fear out of out of anything that I could possibly attempt to do. There was no fear of failing. I was like, well, if you have opportunity, you've got everything. You know, I would, I would many times I would sit, I would sit, I would have my, you know, we'd go on this one experience where I was in the hospital for a little while and and me and my mom would, we'd go on these walks around the floor, me and my dad and, and we would, and I'd see people coming in and out of the hospital, just nonchalant with their coffee and their cell phone and their friends. And I'm like, oh my God, these people are so, they don't realize right now that they could do anything that they wanted to in the world. There's nothing stopping them but them. Mm-hmm. But until you have that freedom taken away, oh, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're chained down with like a serious health issue. It just really changes the rules of the game. So it just made me so thankful to be back and be able to, you know, do what I do, tell stories and sing and dance and, and just try to do that the best that I could. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it changed my career. That's the long answer. I think that leads pretty well into Freddy Set Go. Don't you agree? That leads very well into Freddy Set Go. So, so. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, and like, did you always have an interest in health, nutrition and fitness, um, before cancer? Well, as a performer, I think you've got to keep your body in the best shape possible. Yeah, it is your you know, instrument. You know, that's your instrument. That's your that's your vehicle for success. Yep. So I had always, yeah, I'd always, you know, I was in great shape when, 
before I got sick. Really, really good shape. Actually, probably the best shape I had ever been in. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily eating healthy. I was just eating and moving to be aesthetically fit. Got it. Got but it. So being more healthy and being ripped are two very different things. I agree. And what I love about Freddie Set Go, and everyone should check out this website, is I love that you talk about it. It's all about longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. not not just about like these quick fix immediate results where yeah you're gonna look great right now, but this it's not something that your body can really maintain. Um, so I'm curious what what is your approach that um, that encourages longevity versus uh, immediate but not permanent long lasting results? It's it's all about like dose and prescription. So what would be the minimal amount of effort that you would have to put into an exercise or a rep to get the best results? Mm-hmm. How how do you eat to to put your body into its best form as opposed to how do I work out so I can eat what I want? It's really, you know, it's a balancing nutrition and sleep and mental health and all those things. You can't just, I don't know. There's such a, there's such a, you <laughs> know, a, it's truly it's the American question. way to just, to just work harder and, you know, do more hours in the gym. Right. But, and there's work harder you know, versus work smarter. Of course, yeah. It's just got to be smart and calculated. And, you know, it's like, it's like I never want to take miles off the car unless I have to. That's the way I look at my body or my client's bodies. you know, because those are, those are miles that you're not going to get back. So how do, we, how do we get around the racetrack in the most graceful possible way? Again, my dance teacher likes to say it's a beauty contest, not a race. Another thing that I loved about the website is that um, you're posting pretty regularly, and I just uh, subscribed, so I look forward to getting your inspirational Wonderful. emails. Yeah. Um, and what I love is that you, I, I see that you're not only posting about success, but you're, you're posting about failure. And I, yeah. and I, I applaud you, because I, I mean, feel free to disagree with me, but I, I feel it's a rare thing to see people talk about failure publicly. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I would attribute that to, I mean, just like this new, this Facebook mentality of we're only seeing the sides of people that people are choosing to see, you know, like we really are in control. We really can edit how we, um, how we look out there. Yeah, we can, we can. And, and it's, you know, I experience that all the time. I experience that all the time. I, I see people, um, was that a horn in the, in the New York background? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I live up in Inwood. Oh, and it's quiet up and there. It is quiet up here, but there. Uh, but I do live um, perpendicular to the one train, up, which is above ground up here. Yeah. So every once in a while, you just hear this huge rumbling. I've gotten used to it. It's like white noise to me now. But when people come over for the first time, they're like, oh, that's a train. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's, our, that, that's yeah. our lovely city. I love it. Okay, so back to, yes. so back to failure. <laughs> back I'll, to failure. I'll lose my... I'll lose my failure um you know it's important you know it's important to really i i think you can draw lessons from from life and and from for me from working with clients is is you seeing what works and doesn't work and then see people see how people respond to 
um, to learning, how they respond to the to the lessons. Does it is it something that you keep repeating the same mistake, or do you know do you do you take measures to move yourself forward? I know that's always you know I'm very motivated, but it is it sometimes I get I I personally I feel like I get stuck, and you know I have to use you know my own techniques to get out of a to get out of a rut. You know one thing that's great. For me, just moving forward and moving past failure in a positive way has just been journaling or, um, you know, meditating, meditating in the morning. It could be a physical meditation like yoga or if, or if I just write things down and I, you know, I have like, I have 10 journals going. Like I have my dietary journal. I've got my meditation journal. I have my audition journal. But I'm documenting to see, you know, where I've been, where I'm going. Am I making the same mistake over and over again, or am I am I, you know, calculating and making smart choices so I do move forward? Because another factor that comes in is is time, and it's not it's not limitless. So you do we are on a timeline. So you do, <laughs> you know, you I think <laughs> really Frederick, we're on a timeline. We are <laughs> so we're on a timeline. Yeah. The clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. So there's there is a, a degree of um, efficiency that I like to um, incorporate in all this as well. In Fred Sicko and and you know FreddieKimmel.com and and all those things. Does the clock ticking um, excite and motivate you, or does it scare you as well? Because I find that idea uh, a little scary. It's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen no matter what you do. I don't think yep. it's something to necessarily live under under um, the pressure button of. But yeah, yeah, don't like crochet it into a pillow. So how how do, and this is the question I ask on every episode. How how does your work as a musical theater performer impact your career as this wellness guru and vice versa? Hmm. Well, being connected with your body and health and elite foods and a clear mind certainly i mean it, it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory you know pr- pretty um obvious how great that sets you up to be a motivated professional articulate speaker and performer on stage mm. it's just you know you show up to rehearsal and I'm not tired. You know, I'm not dragging my feet. I'm not unprepared. I'm, um, I've done my homework because I have the energy and the, the, um, the focus that's, you know, driven, driven onto the stuff that I'm working on. I feel like I'm very eating this way and thinking this way and doing all these, all these things, um, put me in a place that's very, you know, just being, I'm present, I'm present in the rehearsal room. So I feel like I'm available to do the work when sometimes I notice um, that that doesn't always happen. You know, you would think that performers that were like, like I said before, you know, and you said before uh, that our bodies are our temples uh-huh. and, and that can, you know, there's like anything in life, there's varying degrees of commitment within, within um, the business as yeah. far as that goes. <laughs> yeah. So some, yeah. So I think it's, I don't know. It, it makes sense to me. I mean, the other thing is life isn't black and white and people are also different. Everybody needs a different, a different, a, a different path and a different way to work. 
So what's going to work for one person doesn't work for, you know, doesn't work for another. I feel as far as, as, as theater and acting and, you know, being connected with your inner child, um, all, all that grouping really, it helps me with coaching. It helps me be, you know, it helps me to be inspired. It helps me to lead people as a speaker, to be clear with my words. Um, it helps. It really, it really does. It helps me be a, a great health coach. It's, I'm all, I also, I like to think I'm a little dynamic. <laughs> I like to think that, you know, you, you, some, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, you know, your typical personal trainer, it's not, you're not. Yeah. I've done you know. the, um, you know, I, at one point I was with New York sports club and you, know, you get that, that quote unquote, like free one, one time personal that, training session. Yeah. And like, and I, I've done a couple of them and it's, oh, it's, it, oh, it feels like the same person every time. It's like the same, like kind of blah, they would rather be doing something else. And, you know, like, yeah, because maybe that they, they could also find themselves in that spot because maybe that's not their dream job. They could just be there making money as well. Right. But I know great, per, I know great personal trainers. Oh, as do I. Club and, and crunch or, or wherever, but sometimes, yeah, you're, but you're getting, you know, and I've worked at one of those gyms before too but you're just getting fed these mass amounts of people who they all want their free session. Right. And that's as a personal trainer, you're like, this sucks. Yeah. It feels like <laughs> a conveyor belt. Like, I, I don't want to pay you. I just want a, a 60 I just want minute results. workout. I want I want results. I want to be able to be, just tell me what to do. Write it down. <laughs> so, yep. I have been that's, that. That's the other side of it. Yeah. Confessional. I, I've that been coin. that person. Yeah. I have been that person. Um, me too. <laughs> me too. Is it hard I, for I think you? when I first moved to New York City, I didn't buy a membership for a year and a half. I think I did trial memberships for <laughs> for that time. Wow, that is impressive. Uh, yeah. Well, if you have enough friends, yeah, you guy. can always be you can always be their plus one. Yeah. Yeah. I was that guy. So that's a tip to people Hilarious. who are moving to New York. Fun little. Yeah. <laughs> is it hard for yeah. you to turn? Do you ever feel the need or desire to turn off the wellness coach or, or are you always walking around and you're like, Oh, well that person should eat more kale. No, and <laughs> no one should eat raw kale. I'm just going to say this is my blanket statement. Now. Say it, say it, um, say it loud. Give, say it proud. Yeah, if you give a, if you give a horse kale, it won't eat it because it's full of oxalic acids. Is that the litmus are, test? Are very, it's something that's hard for the kidney kidneys to break down and certain certain people have more or less ability to break down oxalates and um they can lead to to kidney stones or muscle pain <laughs> so steam your kale <laughs> all right well uh, officially we've talked take about me back to the question i got lost it's cool no no no, no. um the, que- the question was um is it easy for you or do you even feel yeah, the need to turn off, off to turn it off um, you know, I, it's very, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, that's a tricky place. Um, I really do try to turn it off more and more, you know, I, I would never, and, and I, I think getting into health at first, I remember being very like, you guys, we can't eat irradiated milk. We're all going to develop these tumors or you do you, I'm like, you know what this is do you know what this genetically modified soy is doing to your hormones? <laughs> I'm freaking out. I'm like writing emails. I I, I I remember this very I read this study, it's called 
uh, oh, I think it was Pot- Pottinger's um, study. It was a study on irradiated milk being fed to cats. Okay. And I don't want to go how the study and what its outcome, because it's a bad study. Well, it's not a bad study, but it's a horribly sad story, and I don't want to tell it. Okay. But I, I, I read this study, and I immediately wrote this email to, like, five of my friends in, like, 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> I was like, Where we do all our best get, research. I was like, get the milk out of your fridge. It's got to go. <laughs> it's serious. It's serious. It's going to it's gonna damage your newborn baby, and and your your joints are suffering, and the third generation from your offspring. I mean, I was just crazy. Wow. But wow. You, you, it's easy to get, it's easy to get caught up in it when you first start getting into it. Cause you're reading about all these things that are bad for you. Sure. I, you know, something that may or may not, not be true. You know, there's so much in misinformation mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. So I find it's just like now, and now me after being like a trainer and a coach for almost, you know, six, six, seven years, I've, I've read enough and, and I know where to get my good information and I know where the bad information is. So I've just developed, you know, what I really believe are my truths and I just kind of live those and if people see it and they want to try it and they want to do it, then I'll offer the information, but I really don't offer, offer that, um, you know, information in, you know, at work or, just in public, like unless someone yeah, asks, at the water unless cooler. someone asks, because it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's annoying. It's just not the way. It's not the best way to inspire. The best way to inspire is for me to just show up and you know and be energetic and be positive and just to be be my happy self and to live my truth. And people be like, oh, what? Why are you so happy? Why? Are, how are you not tired? We've been in. You know, this is our third 10 out of 12. Why are you not dragging or whatever? Or why does your skin look really good? Or, you know, do you, do you get questions like that a lot? Like, why are you so happy? Freddie Kimmel? I get, I get what, what are you on? Like what I want when you're happy. And you're you're having life. You're having life. Yeah. I'm having life. I'm having life. I have a glass of life. (laughs) And then I also get, I also get what do you what do you do in your skin? What do you what do you do for your skin? Your skin looks great. Blah 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 blah. Your skin does look great. I mean, like I haven't seen you in person, but um, the, the photos I've seen, it's, it's like that 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 is a healthy man. Yeah, and it's fun. And I don't do I don't have like a lotion. I don't wash my face. You know, I don't have a a thing that I do necessarily. It's just really drinking a lot of water and eating really clean and not eating not eating sugar. Sugar will do you in. Um, yeah, but you know, I like you know, I like a, a glass of whiskey. I like my my red dry wine. You know, I like dark chocolate. It's not like I don't eat. It's not like I cut out everything fun. Right, right. I love my I love my coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now, and I, but it's it it, it 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 does have a creamer in it that I don't think you would approve of. And that's okay. And that's but okay. You're aware of it. I, I'm very aware. What word of advice would you give any of my listeners who may be struggling with their health choices right now? Like, um, a, like a big, I mean, big blanket word of advice. Yeah, I think uh, 
you know, why do you, like, why do you, why, why would you want to, if you're struggling, like, why? Why are you struggling? Why do you want to make a change? Why do you want to be healthy? Why, you know, what oh, for? It's fun. all, you know, yeah. you, you've, I don't know if you've read that book. It, it starts with why or. No, but I, um, but, but the the question why comes up a lot in, in my line yeah. of work. In, in yeah, why do we, why do we do what we do? I think yeah. that's a much, much stronger motivating factor. Um, why you want to make the change. And then it's, then it's, then I think it's easy to just put those into place. Right. So it's the, it's the why and then the how. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, I think, I think it's important to, I think it's important to work with somebody if you're considering making some, some changes in your health. I think it's really easy to, I mean, at least for me, you know, Sometimes I wish I would have just went and hired a, a really a good, well-reviewed, established, you know, coach or nutritionist or someone who, because I really went, you know, I just dug in and started doing my own reading and research and just really used my body as, you know, a, a temple for experimentation. Sometimes the stuff would turn out good and sometimes it didn't. So I, I wish I would have just worked with someone initially and save myself a little heartache. But again, it's, I'm, I'm stubborn and proud and, and like to do things on my own. And, you know, I can definitely so identify that. there. There is that. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, so ask yourselves why. So you've been performing and inspiring the masses cancer free for several years now. And, yeah. um, you are currently in Christmas Carol at North shore music theater. That's correct. Um, and I, I looked it up, obviously, and um, it, it, while it is a musical, it is not the um, Alan Menken, Lynn Aarons version, much to my chagrin. But... Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a tradition that's um, that they've been doing since 1989? Yes. That's crazy. Is it your first, is this your first time with them? Christmas Caroling? This is my first time, yes. It's, yeah. it's an incredible production. Well, tell me about it. What's it's what's amazing. it like? What's it like joining a tradition like that? It's it's magical. It's the best way to spend the holidays. It really is. Um, it's a great adaptation, and they've really looked at the story in the book, and it's all it's all classical. Um, it's all it's all Dickens text, and they've just adapted this story. I don't want to give anything away, but they have a very unique way of telling it. And obviously, North Shore Music Theater is theater in the round. You have that you have that sense of which speaks to me, um, that sense of sitting around a campfire telling a story, mm. and everybody's just you know huddled in. It's a, very very tribal in that way, and this is my second show here, and I, I love working here. It's a, it's a great place, and the owner, the new owner, Bill Haney, and the producers are all just sweet and kind, and everybody there's there's never a bad apple in, in the show, but this particular you know, this, this, um, tradition of Christmas Carol, people come, people have written me on Facebook. They're like, you're the new Marley. I can't <laughs> wait to compare you to the other Marley. <laughs> or, you know, people, people come and there was a guy dressed as Santa Claus yesterday and, and, and people bring their families and their kids. And it's just, it's incredible. There's a, an actor, David Coffey, who plays Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, you know, when you're in, when you're in a show with someone who is just a master of their craft and just a true artist, 
it's it's like being in this master class that you would probably pay a thousand dollars for just being with this guy on stage every day because he's just his Scrooge it's just it's perfect he's so you know hardened and harsh and 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 pained and then with the transformation at the end of the show it's it's you know every if you watch it you'll cry it doesn't matter how many times you watch it it's just really really beautiful yeah I I recommend everyone come see it I really do it's it's really, it truly is a tradition. Um, and like I said, the adaptation is wonderful. It's almost scored like a movie. That's what the website said. Like, yeah, it's like, it's pretty much underscored throughout. And it's a lot of use of traditional Christmas carols uh, dating way back when, right? Yeah, dating way back when. It's it's almost like a, um, it's almost like a movie. And you, you're, you're always on this, this like this you know this thematic ride and 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 the you know they have a lot of cool crazy special effects you know i fly i know i fly all over it's crazy how do you i mean and and it's in the round so what's it like flying in the round it's 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 completely disorientating also there's like these um there's there's four people in the in the that run out into the theater in black hoods and they're lighting me with movable green spots. So it has this ghostly, um, tint to it. And it's, and it's just very, like I said, just disorientating. Um, you just can't get a focus and there's explosions and flames and, <laughs> and I have two chains. I have two people running around that are, uh, two of the pearlies running around and I have a chain to each arm. So they're, and they're pulling me. So they're, they're circling me as I'm going front and back and up and down. It's just oh. it's really amazing. Oh, it's fun. And then it's like 15 minutes and then I'm done. Yeah. But you have like, a, it's, it's like having a little baby. When I come on, I'm huffing and puffing and I'm like, woo! And I just kind of look over and I'm downstairs. I'm, I'm downstairs. Um, underneath there's a lift that at the end of the scene, he gets dragged down into hell. So he, I get dragged down through the floor on this lift. Wow. Um, from flying. Yeah, it's really, it's really impressive. But I look over as I'm coming up and I just look at Ghost of Christmas Past and I'm like, he's all primed, take it away. <laughs> and then she's into it, you know, and then it's, it just flows very, very nicely. I love like it. Like the story does. It's a, it's a perfect story. It really is. I, I, I love the good redemption story, especially that one. Mm-hmm. Do, do they have the habit of like asking people back year after year or how does that work? They sometimes they do, yeah. Okay. All right. Sometimes they do. Um, it it seems like like that could happen. Okay. Should I cross my fingers for you? Yes. Let's cross. Yes. Let's do that. All right. You hear that? Listeners? I love it. <laughs> I I love it. I I love a time slot that's booked out. It's just one set of weeks that you don't have to worry about. Sadly, I um I realized because I was like, oh, I'm sure this will be playing throughout the whole holiday season. Um, this closes. Tomorrow, Sunday the the twenty first. Yeah, it closes tomorrow. That's crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Well, see it if you can. Um, if you can't, go see it next year. And the go next year. Go see it next, next year. year. Let's just let's say that. Let's just yeah. go see it next year, starring Freddie Kimmel. Go see it next year. All right. Well, then now now is the time to set up the song. Um, Freddie was kind enough to, uh, learn, perform, and record, uh, a new song for McKinsey and the Missing Boy all on his own during this busy holiday show schedule at North Shore, and I'm, I'm super grateful and super excited to 
to hear uh, to hear his rendition on this brand spanking new song. Um, so the song that I asked Freddie to learn is called Somebody Else's, which is still not my favorite title of the song, but we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> I, li- I like it. I think it works. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so just a little bit of setup for the audience. Uh, Mackenzie is a noir musical melodrama set in 1930s New York. Uh, most or all of the musical numbers spring forth from these quote-unquote existing songs in the character's world. And so I wrote this song for a moment about halfway through the first act when our protagonist Mackenzie decides that she's going to don this new persona in order to fool someone um, into giving her a lot of money. Uh, In writing this musical, uh, the trick so far has been that like these song songs can't be too on the nose, otherwise they seem to exist a little too conveniently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so somebody else's uh, speaks very indirectly to the crossroad that lays before Mackenzie at this point in her story. Um, there is a twist at the end of the song that that I only discovered while I was writing it, <laughs> which is not my favorite way of writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> because um, songs, and unlike um, you know when I'm writing just dialogue and things like that, and just things happen organically, it's like, oh, well, that's nice, and um, and, and that's great. It's, it feels organic and it's okay. But like when you discover something mid song draft, you kind of have to go back and make sure that that surprise makes sense. Um, it's a very, it's a very risky way of writing. I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> the first half of the something new season is dedicated to McKinsey and the missing boy with a culminating reading and concert happening in the spring hosted by the New York Theater Barn and directed by the splendid Laura Brandell. So, uh, yeah, so Freddie learned and recorded this song all on his own. Dear listeners, please be sure to follow me on all things social media, and you may find all those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. Make sure you visit my guests' websites, which are freddykimmel.com, freddysetgo.com, and while you're at it, just go to the North Shore website too, nsmt.org because they are a great theater, and we're all about supporting great theater here. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Tell your friends all about it. And if you believe that you or someone you love would make an amazing guest artist on something new, I would like to hear from you. Uh, Special thanks today to Peyton Royal at Website Lines, who handles my website. Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics, who uh, does all my graphicking needs. Um, Today's accompanist, who I'm not sure who that is, but if if you end up getting a live... (laughs) If you, well, if you end up getting a live, we'll put that in the we'll put yeah. that in the show notes when we find out who it is. Yes, please, please. Yeah, I would like to give them the proper shout out, and um, and I would like to thank Skype for making this possible. Last but not least, Freddie Kimmel, thank you so much for being on my show today. Well, thank you. It's it's been a pleasure, and you are wonderful at um, keeping the interview moving in the right direction. It's it's always it's always amazing to me when I am a guest on someone's show and they're just really fluid and they keep it going forward and they keep the guests on track and I'm, I will easily talk in a circle. You may listen to this and realize that I did talk in a circle, um, but thank you for keeping me focused and you're, you're excellent at your, at your job. And oh, I love you. the song. Thank you. I really do. Oh, I love you. the song. I've been singing it all week long. <laughs> well, let's, um, I, I, I look forward to hearing it and I'm so, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, from my apartment in Inwood, this is Joel B. New. And Freddie Kimmel. (laughs) Saying thank you for dropping by for something new.
asked if I'd care to dance, dear, below the blinding moonlight's glow. You were seeking out some romance, dear, and I declined politely, no. But you may have a better chance, dear, if you don't mind my saying so. How can I put this? If you had somebody else's smile and somebody else's grace and somebody else's style and somebody else's face if you were somebody else's doll with somebody else's charms if you'd employ all that I've told you I may want to hold you in my arms that's not to say every part of you sends me screaming for the part that's enamored of me is redeeming if you had somebody else's tact and somebody else's name if you were attractive or clever i know i would never be the same And you may ask if I have any flaws, I guess so. I am just as imperfect as you, only less so. If you had somebody else's hands and somebody else's ring, if our wedding bands were a square knot, I'm certain I dare not change a thing.